I'm Mike Harp from Harpland and Timber in Linden, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Just jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the House Ways and Means Committee held a hearing this week on trade with Taiwan. And one Texas farmer and rancher was there to give his input on how trade with Taiwan helps Texas farmers and ranchers. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. In the Texas High Plains region, wildfire is a big threat for ranchers. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about providing for injured animals following a fire. How should farmers, ranchers, and rural landowners prepare for possibly being approached by renewable energy companies such as solar and wind energy developers? I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll have some answers with a checklist of items on Texas Ag Today. More than half of the acres of Texas cotton planted this year have been abandoned. It's a sobering number for Texas farmers. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The House Ways and Means Committee held a hearing in Washington Wednesday on strengthening the trade relationship between the U.S. and Taiwan. Texas Congressman Kevin Brady is the ranking Republican on that committee, and he says he would support pursuing a free trade agreement with Taiwan. I am, as many Republicans are, an ardent supporter of strengthening ties with Taiwan. The Trump administration did make solid progress for certain U.S. exports, such as beef and pork. Now, Taiwan must step up to ensure American exporters and investors are treated fairly and, and abide by the trade commitments it's already made. If it does so, I would support pursuing a comprehensive trade agreement with Taiwan. Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining delivered testimony to the committee. Engagement in Taiwan and the entire Indo-Pacific region is critical for the continued growth of U.S. agricultural exports and the sustained economic health of Americans, farmers, and ranchers. The current administration launched a new trade initiative back in June called the U.S.-Taiwan Initiative on 21st Century Trade. Baining says that is a step in the right direction, but we need to go further and pursue a full free trade agreement. Texas Farm Bureau continues to monitor the administration's proposed U.S.-Taiwan initiative on 21st century trade. We appreciate the formulation of ideas to strengthen our trade relationship, but this initiative falls short of being a robust trade agreement. Texas Farm Bureau urges the administration to address existing barriers 
and enforce a modernized trade agreement with Taiwan. Baining says without a free trade agreement, U.S. farmers and ranchers will be at a disadvantage and will lose market share to other countries. We feed a lot of cattle here in Texas, but our processing capacity has dropped since the closing of the Cargill plant in Plainview back in 2013. The recently announced producer-owned beef plant slated to be built in Amarillo hopes to change that dynamic. Ross Wilson is a consultant to producer-owned beef. As you know, Texas is number one in cattle on feed, but number three in beef processing capacity. We're going to change that deficit a little bit, but more importantly than that is about capturing the plant profits. And we think that two to $250 a head additional profit going to the owners of the plant, the producer owner of the plant, is a very reasonable projection. Wilson says the new plant will only process cattle from producers who have an ownership interest in the plant, but he says it will help all cattle producers in Texas by adding more competition for the state's fed cattle. Wildfire is always a big threat for ranchers on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt says ranchers should always be prepared to take care of injured animals following a fire. Here in the Texas High Plains region, one of the biggest threats for livestock producers is wildfire. Having a plan to try to at least limit the damage of a wildfire is a good thing. But what if you wind up dealing with injured animals? Dr. Wesley Bissett is the director of the Texas A&M Veterinary Emergency Team. He offered these observations, which are based in part on his team's experiences with the Big Eastland fire earlier this year. Reality is a cow, mature cow, mature bull, calf, they go through a wildfire. If they've got much burn injury on their hooves at all or much smoke inhalation, they're not going to do well. And early on, if you see even a slight lameness or a slight respiratory issue, you're probably better off going ahead and getting those animals into a processing plant and salvaged by slaughter because treating them can be futile in many cases. And so I know with our Eastland wildfire, most of what we were doing, we're going, okay, these should go on to slaughter. These are not going to make it to slaughter. They're not, they wouldn't be accepted. We need to go ahead and euthanize those. And, you know, these we think are going to be okay. Preserve them to build back your herd. With those kinds of considerations, Dr. Bissett says it's critical for ranchers to have someone they can call upon to help evaluate animals in the immediate aftermath of a fire. Dr. Bissett says ranchers also need to plan for providing nutrition to surviving animals once any temporary assistance, such as donated hay, runs out. As we've mentioned previously, the Texas A&M Veterinary Emergency Team provides free assistance to help producers develop emergency management plans. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas farmers, ranchers, and rural landowners need to prepare for being approached by renewable energy companies such as solar and wind energy developers. Tom Nicoletti has some tips. My guest is Tyler Jacobs. He is partner broker with Hall & Hall LLP out of College Station. And Tyler, uh, various energy sources are out there. Uh, Wind turbines and wind energy has been around in Texas and across the U.S. for many, many years. And lately, if solar farms are popping up almost everywhere, uh, what advice can you pass along to uh, farmers, ranchers, and owners of rural property here in Texas uh, if indeed they are contacted by uh, either wind or solar companies? to uh, try to 
place their energy sources on property? First and foremost disclosure is get an experienced and qualified attorney involved. These are complicated agreements with very long-term consequences. We want to look at who this party is. Are they a speculator? Are they more of like an lease option type company? Or are they actually the energy developer? That is a key question. The further up that food chain you're going, the better of arrangement it can ultimately be for the landowner if they were to pursue it. The second is, how far are you distance-wise from the switches and the transmission lines? That is readily available information that any developer, energy developer, ought to be able to answer very quickly without any type of binding contract. Why is the distance to switches and transmission lines important to know? Well, that's the main cost of development for the energy developer. They have to negotiate a switch. In other words, they have to figure out how to market what they're going to produce and how to deliver what they're going to produce. That criteria is, for the most part, the most important criteria for them. Your oil and gas ownership situation may be a quick eliminator. If you don't have surface control over your oil and gas development, the reality is is that you may get into a long-term option with one of these developers and come to find out that it's not feasible anyway because of the oil and gas scenario. There's two more just property-related criteria. That's the topographic values of the land, what the wind or what the solar production would be on that property, and then the floodplain for solar floodplain is a pretty quick killer of deals. So, you know, there's no need to get in those traps if any of those issues are not viable. If you enter into an option contract with one of these energy developers, your property pretty much becomes unmarketable for the term of that initial option, which is for most of these situations about three years. I would suggest just getting with a qualified financial planner to help you think through the realities of this income and how to plan for it and what to do with it. Ask good questions and find good experts. You can't go wrong if you do that. That is Tyler Jacobs with Hall & Hall LLP. The Texas Farm Bureau will host a forum on solar projects and foreign ownership of agricultural land. This will be on Tuesday, September 20th at 7 p.m. to be held at the TFB Conference and Training Center in Waco. The deadline to register is September 19th for both the in-person and virtual attendance. To register, go to TXFB. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. More than half of the cotton planted in Texas this year will be abandoned. Gary Joyner says that is a sobering number. Fields of white cotton are synonymous with the Texas landscape. This year, those blooming fields are sadly few and far between. Texas farmers planted about 7.1 million acres of cotton this year. Agronomists are predicting less than half, about 2.2 million acres, will be harvested. That's a sobering number for family farmers. The economic reality sends ripples throughout rural communities and businesses. Crop insurance is a valuable safety net, and it's catching many Texas growers this year. What's different this year is that even irrigated cotton acres were abandoned due to drought. Some growers in the South Plains went more than a year with virtually no precipitation. It's the first time some farmers had to abandon irrigated acres in decades of experience. The rain falling in recent days on abandoned acres will hopefully provide moisture for next year's cotton crop. We can only hope more is on the way. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. 
There are opportunities for dove hunters this year who find themselves without a place to hunt. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And blister beetles could show up in Texas hay this winter. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Blister beetles could show up in Texas hay this winter. Dr. Bob Judd says they're actually being found in Missouri, but some of that Missouri hay may have made its way to Texas due to the drought. Since we have a major hay shortage due to the drought, some folks may be trucking in hay from Missouri to Texas. Blister beetles are commonly found in some alfalfa fields, and the beetles are bailed up in the hay. These beetles are extremely toxic to livestock and especially horses, but can make cattle and sheep sick as well. The toxin in the beetle is called cantharidin, and horses absorb the chemical and excrete it through their kidneys, and it causes serious damage to the stomach lining, small intestines, kidneys, and the rest of the urinary tract. University of Missouri indicated at Drovers.com that an adult horse must consume 30 to 50 beetles to be deadly, but ingestion of just a few beetles can lead to colic. Symptoms of blister beetle poisoning include ulcerations of the mouth, frequent attempts to urinate, jerking contractions of the diaphragm, colic, diarrhea, and pawing due to intestinal pain. The beetles are one-half to one inch long and have narrow, cylindrical, dark bodies with orange stripes on their backs. You can't always see the beetles in standing alfalfa, but they can be recognized in hay if you look closely. Sometimes they are difficult to see in the hay if a hay crimper is used. It is not a good idea to use a hay crimper because this kills the beetles and they are stuck in the hay. If a crimper is not used, most live beetles will fly out of the windrow after the hay is cut down and will not end up in the hay. It was previously thought that if you mowed the alfalfa before flowering, beetles would not be a problem. But now we know that's not the case. So if you have to purchase alfalfa from Missouri, be sure and check for blister beetles. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are opportunities for Texas dove hunters who find themselves without a place to hunt. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Dove hunting season is well underway in the north and central zones, and it opened up this week in the south zone. Owen Fitzsimmons, Webless Migratory Game Bird Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says dove hunting is really popular in Texas. Doves are the most popular game bird in the state and in the country. Texas, by far, we harvest more doves than any other state, and we have more hunters than any other state. Fitzsimmons said there are opportunities available for those hunters who find themselves without a 
place to hunt this year. We've got over a million acres total of public hunting land and different opportunities. And with a $48 annual public hunting permit, that gives you access to a lot of private land leases that are located across the state. These are walk-in areas. You can get your annual public hunting permit and find those public hunting areas on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. Click on the tab that says hunting and then public hunting. Parks and Wildlife also has the public hunt drawing system. It provides opportunities to apply for a wide variety of drawn hunts for both adults and youth. There are also e-postcard selection hunts and special hunt packages for exotic wildlife and quality native animals. This year, there are drawn hunts for alligator, feral hogs, mule deer, pronghorn, turkeys, dove, quail, and more. Drawings are held on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can apply for hunts on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. Click on hunting and then public hunts, and then there's a link that says drawn hunts. That website is tpwd.texas.gov. Hunters are encouraged to check out OutdoorAnnual.com and the Outdoor Annual app for all of this year's season dates and regulations. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time for a look at the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas A&M Forest Service is helping to protect lives, property, and livelihoods from wildfire. State officials warn that weather conditions are creating a high risk for wildfires across the state this summer. Warmer, drier than average, and windy conditions are combining with dry vegetative fuels and increasing the potential for significant large fires. Keep your eye on the weather during the summer months and heed warnings from local officials. For more information on wildfire weather warnings, visit ticc.tamu.edu. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded higher on Thursday after the Biden administration announced that morning that a tentative deal had been reached between rail workers and rail unions. October live cattle up $1.27 to $145.62. December live cattle up $1.27 to $151.32. September feeder cattle down $0.62 cents to $179.35. October feeder cattle down $0.50 cents to $180.92. Analysts say that could be due to corn trading higher earlier in the day on Thursday. Box beef was mixed. Choice down $0.64 cents to $252.83. Select up $0.42 cents to $230.53. Now let's take a look at those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble, who is joined by Doug Bass of Cattleman's Brenham. How'd the Friday sale go? Right. Had a good sale, Mr. Larry. We ended up with 1,026 head of cattle. Market was dang sure good. Man, it just seems like every week this cat market keeps getting a little bit higher, and the cow market was sure steady the week before. Walk the pens with us, please. Yes, sir. On your way in cows, the thinner lower yielding cows bring 37 to 70. The uh, better cows bring 72 to 98. Thinner bulls, lower yielding bulls, 67 to 89. Better bulls bring 92 to 109 and a half. Pair cattle had a few pairs bring 1,000 to 1,275. Bread cows bring anywhere from 950 to 1,250. Calf market, like I said, I thought calf market was sure good again. Two to three weight steers bring 150 to 238. Heifers bring 140 to 190. Three to four weight steers bring 145 to 248. Heifers bring 135 to 220. Four to five weight steers 
Shears bring 135 to 242. Evers bring 130 to 197. Five to six weight Shears bring 130 to $2. Evers bring 120 to 190. 195. Six to seven weight steers bring a buck and a quarter to 189. Average bring 110 to 165. Seven to eight weight steers bring 110 to 172. Average bring 105 to 156. And a 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bullions bring 105 to 131. Average bring a dollar to a dollar 41. Sounds like you had a good sale. What are you anticipating for this week? We've got quite a few calls, Miss Lay. Uh, I've got several strings of yearlings coming. I think we got a pretty good string of some uh, weigh-in cows coming from one man that lost a pasture. But it uh, sounds like we have a pretty good Sale. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for Cattleman's Brenham Friday Sale, Doug Bass. Y'all can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454, or call us there at the office, 979-836-3621. I'll be back tomorrow, same farm time, same farm channel, with more Walking the Pins in the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. Lean hogs traded higher on Thursday following a positive weekly export sales report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. October lean hogs up $1.35 to $96.05. December lean hogs up $2.35 to $87.65. Class 3 milk prices fell on Thursday. September Class 3 milk down $0.06 cents to $19.85 a hundredweight. October Class 3 milk down $0.34 cents to $21.27 a hundredweight. December cotton up 58 points to 103.29. March 2023 cotton up 57 points to 115. Corn traded lower for part of the day on Thursday as harvest continues with warmer and drier weather in parts of the Corn Belt. December corn down four and three quarters to 677 and a half. March 2023 corn down four and a half to 682 and three quarters. December hard red wheat down 20 and three quarters to 926 and a quarter. March 2023 hard red wheat down 21 and a half to 925 and a quarter. October natural gas down 80 cents to 830. November natural gas down 81 cents to 835. October crude oil down $3.38 to 85.10 a barrel. November crude oil down $3.39 to 8466 a barrel. The Dow fell 101 points to 31,033 on Thursday. The S&P 500 down 36 points to 3,910. The Nasdaq down 147 points to 11,572. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel. Y'all have a good day. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.